Imagine if medicine actually looked at you as a whole, opposed to looking at you as a bunch of separate systems. Dive into Integrative Wellness Radio with Dr. Nick and Dr. Nicole to learn more about the top trends in integrative medicine, to learn about what the limitations are with testing and what you can do to start your health journey. Hey, hey, everyone. So welcome back to another episode of Integrative Wellness Radio. So I am here with Dr. Nick. What's going on? (laughs) We are actually going to be diving into some human behavior. And one of the things that uh, I honestly don't even know where I saw it. It was on social media somewhere. And it was the quote was, are you addicted to your stress hormones? And I was like, oh, yeah, well, that was quite relevant at points in time (laughs) in my life. And, uh, you know, it kind of flooded back so many different memories of first running around with my head cut off in the restaurant industry all through high school and college and even doctorate school. And you literally run on adrenaline for hours. You know, you're, you're multitasking. You have to remember tons of things. And you are legitimately just running back and forth. And by the time the shift is over, you're just pretty much brain dead. But then you're wired because you're still on that adrenaline high. And for me, that just ended up translating into school, which then translated into becoming an entrepreneur. And I remember specifically when I got done with school, School was one of the hardest things that I've ever done. It was, what did we go to school for? What was it? 7.30 to 5.30? Yeah. Yeah. So we took 47 credits a quarter. Well, we didn't have to take that many. We were just a little crazy. Well, yeah. Well, they had the, you know, they had the fast track and then they had the the regular track and we did the fast track because who wants to spend more money (laughs) on school? But it was 47 credits. So the average student is doing, you know, 12 to 14, 15 credits when you're an undergraduate. So this was a huge jump. And then once you got to certain benchmarks in your career as a student, you also then had to study for your board exams. And then you also had to start your clinical rounds and you were working on patients in the clinic after uh, your your class hours. And possibly just working in general as well. Well, yeah. At one point in time, I also had to have a full-time job to cover the costs of living expenses in California. <laughs> so ride or die, <laughs> ride or die, people. Uh, but when I got done with school, I remember just almost like not even being able to sit still. And I I remember noticing my breathing was almost rapid. And I was like, my gosh, like, I don't even know what it's like to do nothing. And she still doesn't know what it's like to do nothing. It's way better than it ever was. (laughs) I will say that. And it, it was just such an interesting concept because I think so many of us are saying, I want to slow down or I want a different pace of life or, you know, I want to see things differently. But you really have to ask yourself that question is, are you addicted to your stress hormones? And maybe that's um, more of a schedule. 
But also, what about your relationships and maybe the reoccurring cycles that are happening in your relationships or the fact that you don't necessarily get rid of toxic people in your life, even though they stress you out? You know, is there components of that that you're unconsciously holding on to for specific reasons? I have so many things I want to say. You always say that. So why don't you say something? So let's just start from the beginning. Go for it. We all make decisions based on seeing more benefits than drawbacks in that moment, right? Uh, yes, 100%. So let's... And I felt that running around with my head cut off and hustling right. <laughs> was going to benefit me and create success. And we've all gone through moments in our life where we've had to step it up. You know, it's just kind of like that you said, ride or die, you know, failing's not an option. We need to step it up. We're going to work our ass off and we're going to create, you know, a stress response, but we're going to use that stress response in a good way to allow us to work harder in a short duration to achieve some short-term objective goals. Yeah, cool. 100%. But what happens is <laughs> in doing so, we become unbalanced. And the unbalance isn't a necessarily a bad thing because we needed that unbalance to drive us, change our biochemistry, change the neurochemistry to allow us to kind of work an unbalanced method short-term to be able to achieve some awesome goals. It's imbalanced, but that's fine. I think you're saying unbalanced. Unbalanced? But imbalanced? You're, it's again, it's the we're going to add it to the Carruthers Dictionary. God, making up these rules as we're going. <laughs> It's fine. <laughs> I looked unbalanced. <laughs> so as we're still unbalanced <laughs> in an unbalanced way, what happens is, is that energy flows bi-directional. So it's like physically we forced our body to work in this chaotic, stressful uh, state. And in doing so, we changed our biochemistry, which actually changed our neurochemistry as well. And however, if we don't go back and actually re-patternize, re-change where those pathways and how they're functioning, we're, it's going to force us to stay in that same cycle. So initially, we created that physically by choice. But ha what happens is if we don't reprogram literally how our body's running and working, it's going to control us. And that ends up what's happening. Well, I want to kind of take a little sidebar into the biochemistry part because you always say how much I love that. But I think that, you know, people don't realize what what is actually changing when they're in the this chronic stress state. And again, like you said, is sometimes that chronic stress state is to achieve a goal, but it's you know, the body anticipates that it will end. And very often it goes on for long durations of time. And we live in New Jersey and we work with lots of people from New Jersey, New York, and their life is a chronic stress state. But in their mind, it's it's just life. They, they're not like, oh, I'm stressed. Like, oh, yeah. When they're you, just like... When you compare it to everybody else, it's like, you know, it's not that big a deal. Well, it, even walking around Manhattan is everyone's power walking. And everyone's slamming down, you know, these giant caffeinated beverages. It's just the norm there. And it's, you know, you moved here and you're like, why is everyone yelling? I'm like, what do you mean? This is the way we talk. <laughs> <laughs> so it's just, you know, there's a lot of people that are in this state on a day-to-day -day basis. But the point that I want to make is that despite us thinking that we are very genetically evolved is we're actually not. And 
our bodies from a genetic foundation are still very similar to, you know, the hunter gatherers. And in the hunter gatherer state, it was you had, you know, this adrenaline rush if you were in the woods and you were hunting, but then you potentially became the prey. And now you had to, you know, outrun or survive this animal trying to kill you. And with that, it was short lived. So in the event that your body snaps into this adrenaline fight or flight response, there's actually a lot of bodily functions and systems that really get put on the back burner. And one of them is when you are getting attacked by a tiger or a bear is you're not digesting a meal at that time because you're literally just in survival mode. Secondary is you don't need to reproduce when you're in a survival state. So you're not going to have balanced hormones. And you're also, it's not about you being in a good mood. It's about you pumping out enough adrenaline and stress hormones to survive the situation. So you're also going to have your feel-good hormones like your serotonin and your dopamine really become depleted. In addition is another hormone called GABA, which is one of the primary hormones that calms you down and prevents anxiety and helps you sleep. So the point is, is that your body shifts into overdrive and a lot of people become locked into this overdrive, but it gets confusing because you'll run on this adrenaline and feel this like wired type feeling in your younger years. And then it moves into tired, but wired. And then it just moves into legitimately so tired you can barely function. <laughs> well, I and mean, that's a lot of times, you know, to take it just so people understand like daily lives is when you get done with work or you end of the day, if you have to have a drink, it's mm -hmm. you're craving a drink because it's it's a depressive. It, it calms you down. So it's like if our whole day. No judgment, people. We've been there. <laughs> no, I, I enjoy a good bourbon. Don't get me wrong. But it's going back to what we say. It's not about what you do, but how you do it. So really looking at, you know, at the end of your day, it's like, what took you through your day? You know, was it inspiration? Were you driven? Were you inspired? Were you needing external motivation? And did you need so much external motivation? You had to grab that caffeine. And then at the end of the day, you were all wild up. And now I'm going to go and grab that cup of whatever. Yeah. Well, yeah, 100%. There's a whole blood sugar piece that really plays into a lot of what you said, too. But just so you understand, you know, especially for individuals that are just feeling like there's a lot of miscellaneous things happening with their body, with their health, even with their physique, is that this is this is a massive cascade effect. So when your body is in this complete overdrive, fight or flight, pumping out adrenaline, like pumping out cortisol, is that yes, it derails your digestion, it derails your hormones, it derails your sleep. But in addition is that now you're going to have a lot of highs and lows with your blood sugar. So when it comes to wanting that glass of wine or that chocolate, it's multifaceted because some of it is that you're so depleted in dopamine. Um, dopamine is what actually keeps you motivated. Uh, dopamine is also something that gets stimulated, uh, especially if it's depleted, it gets stimulated by feel good foods, um, sugar, alcohol, you know, chocolate, um, sex. cigarettes, sex, exercise. 
So we, a lot of us have these vices, quote unquote, but what it's fulfilling is a dopamine deficiency. And the dopamine deficiency is something that stems from being in this chronic stress state. And then in addition to that is the more you eat that crap, the more you fuel this blood sugar roller coaster. And now you start to see that you're inflamed, you can't lose the weight, you know, you just feel puffy, your rings are tight, so on and so forth. So I say this primarily so that you're not just like, oh my gosh, like I feel low and I'm not motivated and I'm stressed, but I'm tired and that makes me more stressed and like I can't lose weight and I'm trying and I'm working out. And you know, like I hear that story over and over, but you have to understand is everything is so interconnected. And if you can figure out what the root of it is, then you're really able to address. Some of it is, yeah, maybe you ran on these bad patterns in the past. I see this actually all the time in the individuals that worked in Manhattan. And they're like, I've been out of Manhattan for five years, 10 years. I don't understand. I'm like, you beat yourself up so bad. You actually are not rebounded at all. Um, but one of the things I want to get into with you, Nick, is there's a lot of people that are in it. They're in it. They're they're not willing. They're just kind of like, they come to us and they're like, well, you know, I just need supplements and I need you to change my diet and I need you to do these things. But I don't want to address the elephant in the room, which is the fact that they hate their job or they hate their spouse or, you know, they have a lot of family stress or toxic relationships in their life. And they're like, yeah, well, I can't really address that. I need to I need to feel better before I can even deal with that. That's actually a separate podcast I want to do. <laughs> so don't do, go too deep into that because um, that's like a whole nother very deep topic. But, you know, what do you say to those individuals that they're stuck in these cycles? Well, when you we go back and we look at what I'd how I started out the first thing is, you know, starting out, we made a decision based on seeing more benefits. And that decision was to, you know, be in a stressful environment. So it came back to we made a choice. And then eventually we feel that we don't have a choice. And even when looking back, we kind of didn't have a choice because we killed all the other choices. And it was like, we don't have any other ways. We can't fail. We only have one road here. It's success. And it's an all or nothing, you know, it's, it's a sprint that's built into a marathon to achieve this and to be able to put our body into that behavioral state, you know, to ramp it up, to be able to drink the coffee, do whatever you have to do to get through is amazing. But then we have to go back and say what got us to here isn't going to continue to take us where we want to be. And that's the huge, you know, reevaluation, but a reevaluation to be able to really come black and white to see where we are now, to not lie to us, and to be able to give ourselves an opportunity to make choices, to not say that, you know, I can't do this or I, I'll do this when I have energy or I'll do this when, you know, going back and pre-framing to that next podcast that we're going to do. But it really comes back to setting your, your life up with a choice because when we don't have choice, then we lose control and we don't, when we perceive that we're not in control, we get really stressed. Yeah. And guess what? Anytime we don't feel in control, we fight. We fight to have that control. And so much of the fighting that we have is really, you could call it not beneficial because it's the fight to keep us feeling the same, which is shitty. 
Yeah. You know, it's drained, it's frustrated, it's tired, it's wired. And it's really trying to make those different choices to allow us to come back into control so that we can take that breath, can get more clear. And upon that clarity, we can actually start getting more awareness to be able to see and feel how we actually are so we can make better quality decisions to really drive our life in the right direction. I think that that's really the point here is that people don't realize that they have a choice and that it's no one else's choice other than theirs. And the thing that I want to say... Well, can I interrupt? Yeah. We've just been fed a bullshit lie for our entire life telling us that everybody else is more important than us. That mm-hmm. we're, we were, we're here to serve everyone else. And that's true, but it's in the right order. And so many of us, we don't serve ourselves first. And it's coming back to the oxygen mask in the airplane. It's like you can't help anybody else if you're not helping yourself. You can't give something you don't have. Mm-hmm. And that's one, that's something I say literally in every single client. You know, it's like you're, you're doing this action to try to love someone and try to give them support, to try to take care of them. But I go, you can't give something you don't have. It's impossible. Yeah. And honestly, like that statement almost gets me heated because it's just on a day-to-day basis that I hear that individuals have spent their entire lives serving everyone else and they are so attached to that idea. And yes, we can wrap our heads around the oxygen mask, but at the end of the friggin' day is that if you can't take care of yourself and you don't honor yourself and you don't really care for yourself, like you 100% cannot give that. If you don't love yourself, you think you love everyone else, it's not even, you're not even able to really fully love anyone else or come off that way. Like, because you're so freaking drained. And guess what? The body's going to show up pretty damn stressed in that type of environment. But when there's a fair exchange, when you're giving to someone else, but you're also equally receiving, the body's not stressed. It sees that as love, as a fair exchange. As But it's just everybody's walking around with this, like, they're harboring resentment. It's like, I don't take care of myself and I love you so much and I take care of the kids and I do all these things. And then it's like, boom, fight. Boom, I resent you. Boom, I'm frustrated. Boom, I hate my life. Boom, I gave up everything. And it's just like, they don't understand that it's not the external, it's the internal. Yeah, it's because I gave up everything. Exactly. It was the I. It's always pointing back to us. And that's not a bad thing. It just shows us where we're at We can't make changes until we know where we're at. And all of those changes, people, are outside of your comfort zone. So like, if you think that this process is easy and fluffy and amazing, it's not. It's not at all. So get that out of your mind. It is highly uncomfortable to get out of your comfort zone. It is highly uncomfortable to go against the societal norms. It is highly uncomfortable to go against the norms of your family or whatever, you know, the belief system or the programming is. It is uncomfortable. But guess what? If you don't get uncomfortable, the only one who suffers is you. And you're uncomfortable right now. Exactly. <laughs> so so it's like you might as well be uncomfortable doing something that's actually going to serve you so that you can show up better for other people. And you might think this is a bunch of BS, but I will tell you is when I decided to make a bold change in my business, and that was for me to cut my hours as a practitioner because I needed to show up 
to run the company, to delegate the vision and to be a better friggin' leader to the people that I employed. Like that was something that I was ignoring saying that that wasn't my job because I was the doctor. That is 100% your job as a business owner. If you're an executive, if you're a business owner, if you're an entrepreneur, that's if you want to hear more about that kind of stuff, definitely head over to our other podcast, The Integrative uh, Entrepreneur. But I'm telling you this because I felt it firsthand is I made the decision to cut the hours. Oh my gosh, highly uncomfortable because that was finances that we presumed would be cut by me making that decision. And then what I realized is that there was no chance that I could be a leader or be even a good doctor if I never had time to also develop myself. Because I'm not just leading my team. I also lead my patients. Like that is my job is to be a strong conscious, grounded leader. And for me to give you quality recommendations and advice and to be that person that is able to give you objective advice when you need it, when you're feeling vulnerable or you're feeling down. And when I was running myself into the ground, there was no chance that I was doing anything quality for myself that I could grow myself or even ground myself to then show up better for both my employees, my company, my husband, and my patients. Yeah. I mean, when you're in that state, it's just about getting a lot done. Hamster on a wheel. In a short amount of time. You know, it's it's not so much about like the quality in the interactions and the content, you know, even in school, it's like we cram so much shit in that short amount of time. It's like not not all that stuck. No, not at all. And it's like, if that's the type of relationship we want with our significant others or our business partners or our clients or friends, it's, you know, it's, you're not going to have that quality there. And when we're always in that constant rush, that carries over to every single aspect of our life, which we're not being fulfilled in. And it's like, yeah, we can on paper achieve a lot of things and, you know, but that's not the quality of our life. Like the quality of our life is, you know, like you said, getting grounded and putting meaning into our interactions, not just having a portfolio that says like my my life is awesome, but I'm miserable. Yeah. You know, it's going back. But it's like to- what we don't want to acknowledge is that we're the creator of our own chaos. And I 100 percent like if I if you said this to me even, you know, a year and a half ago, I probably would have punched you in the face. So for those of you that want to punch us in the face, we get it. Um, but you know, it, the the harsh, harsh reality and the harsh truth is that you're, you are the creator of your own chaos. And it's because you are making decisions every single day that do not serve you. And listen, we know that it's difficult to make a decision to serve yourself. You might even not even know where the hell to start. But just acknowledgement, acknowledgement that you're not serving yourself is, is step number one. You know, you hear that and it's like, it goes two ways. It's like, Okay, what do I know that I'm not taking action on? Write those things down. Don't just put it up in your head. Write it down. And then there's everything on the other side of the page that we just don't know. Yeah. And that was, we had pain points in both of those categories. And it's going down and it's like, okay, I know this. I could take action on that. I'm going to change. And then it's about, these are all the pain points, but we just don't know. So we have to learn. Yeah. And it's like, and if you're not willing to learn, we need to delegate that 
part of our business, that part of our life, or link how we can actually see how that's going to serve us. So we're going to be more inspired to take action on it. Well, and that kind of brings me to one of the last things I even want to say about this is that you can't build on a crappy foundation. And, you know, we say this in so many different avenues from business to health, you know, just to life in general. And so many people have no idea what's important to them. And this is one of the reasons why you're so passionate about doing the values determination in our office, which allows people to know what the hell do they value? What's important to them? Like, you know, what is the foundation of their life? And I think that the common denominator that um, or the common response is that people are like, I can't believe I went through majority of my life not knowing this. No. And it's I mean, it's my favorite thing that I do every single day is helping people get clear on what's on who they are. Honestly, mm -hmm. it's like what what is most important to you is your identity in that moment. And it's it's not until we're crystal clear on who we are. We can't serve that. So it's like no wonder we're frustrated in life because we've never even been given the tools to be able to go through and get clear on who we are. So how the hell are we supposed to be able to serve that? So it's easier just to honestly go ahead and serve everybody else because I don't even know who the fuck I am. Yeah. You know, it's 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 not pointing fingers on like, you know, why don't you serve yourself? It's just really getting back to cause and effect, the duality of the world we live in. But looking at the causes, us, we create we create that. But. It's how we create and what we build upon, which is that strong foundation, which is our highest values. So going through and getting crystal clear on our highest values really sets us up to be able to build and win instead of just, you know, going out there with our eyes shut and throwing darts and hopefully we yeah. hit something. You know, that's the world we live in right now because the systems that teach us everything don't really teach us anything. Well, that's the thing is like majority of the information out there. So when individuals are starting to embark on this journey of I want to shift my mindset or I want to, you know, start doing personal development, you know, the things that are coming uh, or the, I would say the the most readily available is going to be affirmations. Okay, I'm going to start doing positive affirmations and I'm going to write positive things on my mirror. Or I'm going to put it on note cards and put it in my bag and I'm going to look at it and read them every day. And then I'm going to get into law of attraction and I'm going to attract all these great things. And then you're like one month in and you're like, fuck this. This sucks. <laughs> this is boring or it doesn't even work. And I just want to punch people. <laughs> Well, and on, I mean, we both started there as well. And I think it was mainly you punching me, but uh, luckily I'm tough. I cry a little bit too. But really it's, I mean, affirmations are amazing. They are so powerful. If you actually believe them. Well, that's the thing. Most of the time we're writing affirmations that we don't believe. So it's yeah. just like. Or what we are, what we think we're supposed to be or do. Right. So it's like if we're writing down affirmations that we don't believe. And if you read an affirmation that you write and it doesn't resonate well, guess what? You're strengthening that neuroplasticity, making it stronger that you don't want it, that you're not going to have it, that you don't feel good with it. And that really comes down and that's going to be, I think, one of, the, I don't know exactly what you're talking about for the next podcast, <laughs> but I'm guessing. By the way, we wing this every time. <laughs> I'm guessing it's going to be more of the be to have principle. It is. Yes. So, and I guess it's just a quick pre-frame on that is with affirmations is if you make an affirmation that's not connected to your being, 
then your pretty much consciousness is going to call bullshit every single time you read it. And it's going to push you farther away from it instead of that law of attraction pulling it back towards yourself. So anytime that we set an affirmation that's a want, thinking about what a one is that we don't have it, looking at the be to have, it's always your being, your residence of who you are. If we want something, that's not part of our being. So when we write affirmations, when we connect to something, it has to be connected with who we are and to be able to strengthen that and grow that. And then we can have more. A hundred percent. So, you know, wrapping this up, some of the major points that we're trying to make here is Listen, we've been there and we know what it's like to be addicted to stress hormones. And we were addicted to stress hormones based off of schedule, being in a toxic relationship with our business, having toxic relationships with others. So we've really experienced multi multiple versions of it. But there's definitely a couple of things to consider. So one is if this has been going on for a long time and maybe you did work in the crazy rat race of corporate or Manhattan, so on and so forth, then it might be a matter of balancing your biochemistry. But there's some of you that are also currently still in this pattern or this trend of having a lot of, or this overdrive of toxicity in your life, which is creating a lot of stress response and stress hormones that are building up in the body. And really the first question you have to ask yourself is, you know, what are the choices that I'm making every single day that are fueling this process? And do I even know who I am? Do I know what's important to me? And do I even know where to start to potentially serve myself? And if you don't know the answers to those questions, you know, it's it's really even as simple as just starting to write down the things that get you most excited, the things that you spend your money on. And I'll let Nick take it from there because he knows all the questions. <laughs> we'll go deeper in on a different podcast. But, you know, I just wanted to say, like, as we're wrapping everything up, it's like, you, first and foremost, you, the reason I got into the mental emotional work so much is that I love neurology. But you understand very quickly is that unless there's a trauma, like a, a stroke or some type of, you know, physical trauma, that you can't balance the brain out until you balance the mind out. It's yeah. impossible. So it was really so much work on the neurological aspect of things was actually doing more of the mental emotional work, you know, helping to bring that limbic system and the way the brain perceives the left and the right cortex to be able to create a balanced perception. When we can balance the mental perception out, guess what? The brain chemistry also balances out. However, looking at Nicole's biochemistry love, if we've beaten something the pathway down for a very, very long time, it's going to allow us to bring that balance back both sides, both on the chemical as well as on the mental side. If we combine that uh, strategic, making words up again? Nope. Strategic. Um, 
You just have a weird accent. <laughs> I know. It's like, did she do? Um, but be able to bring both of those pathways together. So it's like we can look at the neurotransmitters, the hormones, the organ systems connect with that, be able to support any of that chain, as well as going through and setting that strong foundation of getting clarity of your values, you know, how to use them to serve yourself, how to use them to serve you at work, how to use your values to serve you and your relationships at home, to be able to really maximize literally every single, you know, touch point of your life. Yeah, it's definitely bringing the two worlds together because, you know, if there's patterns that are there, it's it's patterns that have to be addressed because as you've said in other podcasts, is everything happens in cycles. And it's, you know, if you have the stress of a job, then there's going to be some type of stress that pops up in a different form if the root of it is not being addressed. So I 100% agree. And, you know, sometimes that biochemical support is really just to make the process a little bit easier. <laughs> For sure. Um, but it is not the end all be all because the last thing that you want to do is rely on something that is manipulating your chemistry. You know, if you use something in the short term and it benefits you, fantastic. But it's not something that should become now a lifestyle medication or supplement because that just means you're covering up the root of the actual issue. So if you're looking to learn more about the values determination or some of the human behavior work that Dr. Nick does in the office, uh, definitely hop on a strategy call with our team. They'd be happy to walk you through the process. Um, but we really hope this was inspiring uh, just because, you know, we've been there and we really feel you and we, we relate to it. But just understanding that there is light at the end of the tunnel and there is a way to overcome just living in this chronic stress state and being able to actually feel more balanced and more fulfilled. Mm -hmm. All right, guys, we'll see you next time. We thank you for being a listener and subscriber to Integrative Wellness Radio. If you're looking to learn more about Integrative Wellness Group, as well as Dr. Nick or Dr. Nicole, you can check out integrativewellnessgroup.com.